How are you? I am wonderful. How are you this evening? I am doing good. Just trying to load up my dad in the car so we could take him to vote. So I just told it once they get in the car. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> okay. That's so important. So yeah, definitely do that. Uh, welcome everybody to Quietly Queen with yours truly. It is approximately 6.54 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So wherever you are in the world, thank you so much for tuning in. So on this evening's episode, I have, as you already have figured out, a guest with me by the name of Genesis Amaris Kemp, author of Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, Pit to Palace. So she's going to be talking about that and everything that the book has to offer. So welcome to Quietly Queen. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's such a pleasure and I look forward to giving some wisdom nuggets. All right. If you want to go ahead and start off with a little background information about yourself and then also like your profession. Sure. So I am from the city of H, also known as Clutch City, Houston. I am first first generation American, Caribbean descent. I have been passionate about writing for over 11 years. My passion just really um, grew when I was in high school. So I wrote on and off, had a few things published here and there in the school magazines. And then I left it by the wayside and it wasn't until this year where I wrote something and little did I know it turned into a full-blown book. Um, Professionally I am in corporate America. I'm currently in the oil and gas and energy sector which has been quite a journey. I've been in the industry now for 11 and a half years. Started out of high school and then worked at two um, oil and gas companies. This is my second one I'm with now, which is the big Fortune 500 company. And when I tell you it has been a journey, it truly has. Oh, I can just imagine. That is a very interesting background. So it's good to hear different um, areas of like expertise and profession um, that you don't often hear that much. So congratulations to 11 years. Now, um, welcome. When did you decide that it was time for you to turn your experiences into a book? Between last year, December and January this year, and it just happened I would say it happened um, by chance, but I knew it needed to happen, but it took someone pushing me um, to write the book. And I definitely um, would say that it was a God thing because the lady that I met was an author. I didn't even think that I really had a book in me at the time when I met her. So um, I met her at a church event. It was people from all over the city of Houston that uh, met up at this event called The League, where we're building women up. And I was just very fascinated about her story, about you know how she took ownership of her time and et cetera. And so some time had passed by and then I reached out to her and I was like, hey, would you like to um, have coffee with me at Starbucks? I just really want to know more about you and what you do. And it was in that experience where I 
kid you not, it literally felt like a Mary and Elizabeth experience. And whenever we were just talking to each other, it was like something leaped inside of me. And I just knew that it was time to birth the book. All right. And what is the book about exactly? I'll let you give them a little information. (laughs) So Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, From the Pit to the Palace, it talks about my trials and tribulations in the workforce. It also talks about how I kept my faith. And my faith is what really kept me grounded because there were days where I felt like throwing in the towel, but I knew if I would have thrown in the towel, then I would not only be doing myself a disservice, but I would be doing a disservice to those that are coming besides and behind me, those that look like me. So I felt like I just needed to stay there. I needed to go through the storm and kind of understand the reason why I was, I need to understand the reason why I was in that particular particular season because I believe that everything happens for a reason and um, the book it talks about how you can change the narrative and you can change the narrative by taking ownership of your career being your own advocate championing that inner voice and not letting the limitations that other people place on you keep you um, in bondage or condition you to not see yourself the way that you envision because so many times when you work for an organization they want to keep you stuck they want to label you and I feel like a lot of minorities get hired just so they could say that they are inclusive and diverse and to check a box to show their shareholders yes we have x amount of representation when in reality those people that they hire you really don't see them accelerating in their career as fast as another race That is so true. Um, I've witnessed that. I've experienced that. So I completely agree. Um, With the challenges of like discrimination being so prevalent in corporate America, how much of it for you was related to age or race, color, gender? Like, was it a specific factor like that or was it just mostly race-based or what would you say? I would definitely say uh, race-based as well as age because I was the youngest person on my team when I started with the company in 2013. I was the only African-American on my team and then fast forwarding seven years later I'm still the only African-American on my team and I have since moved to uh, three different teams and had over five five to six different managers and I felt like especially working with women you would think that a woman who's in a field where it's ran primarily by men would want to see another woman accelerate but that wasn't the case I felt like the women were like my worst nightmares and it felt like it was always a competition versus uh, Mm. trying to help to help complement one another wow yeah oh go ahead No, so I was just going to say, yeah, for me, it it was definitely um, race and age. So that was like the big discrimination. And then um, just not having people that really don't understand you or your culture also doesn't make it easy either. That is so true. And would you agree? um, I like to call them gatekeepers, those who like help to like enforce 
limitations or discriminations against other people in the workplace. Do you agree with that notion that there are gatekeepers to um, those types of practices and why or why not? I, I would. I definitely would articulate them to gatekeepers as well as I would call them <laughs> the good old boy club or the clique. So the people that try to keep you um, keep you down for a certain oh, reason. You. We didn't know you was in the bar. Yeah, so... Can you hear me? Yes, I'm still here. Okay. Yep, so that's how I would definitely answer that question. So, yeah. Okay. And what would you say was your worst experience that you had or that you've witnessed? And how did you handle so i think my worst experience was with um my current position and my current supervisor telling me that i was not good enough to compete in the mpt ranking which is managerial professional technical even though i've been doing the work of the mpt for the past three years but they were still paying me as an admin as when i started with the company then um just hearing just hearing that con hearing that connotation after all my metrics said something otherwise i felt like that was a slap in the face because i've been on in this particular group for three years been doing the work working with internal and external stakeholders um traveling for the company and etc like that but you still deem me as an admin and it wasn't until i spoke up in the vice president's in the vice president's meeting that i noticed um, a change came and when I say that change came my salary increased by 20% which is a big jump so uh, you can articulate that for the past three years I was I was underpaid by 20% so I was doing all that work and I was like that was a big slap in the face for sure Oh my goodness. So at least you were um, courageous enough to stand up for what you knew what was right for yourself. And I'm glad that everything worked out in that regard. Um, when you put in the work, you deserve the, um, the benefits thereof. So that's awesome to hear. Um, do you think with the movements such as Black Lives Matter and even like the passing of the Crown Act, um, do you think that these efforts will prove that eventually discrimination against particularly African Americans will one day become like a thing of the past? I I definitely um, would hope so, but I think it would definitely um, take a while. And when I say take a while, it would take us educating our allies and getting our allies to support us and, you know, really come together and just see us for who we are and see us for the skills that we bring to the table. And another thing is we definitely have to be able to call out those unconscious biases and challenge the status quo because if we never challenge the status quo and we remain silent silent as a um as an organization as well as a race and we don't stick together then we are 
we're going to constantly drift apart. And I've noticed that with a lot of people in the African-American community is that we face colorism within our own community and versus coming together like other races, like the Hispanic culture, the Asian culture, the Middle Eastern, we're so divided. But then it's it's not until something pops off that we want to come together. Why, why didn't we do that from the start? Why does it take something detrimental taking place to for us that to bring us together you know what i mean i completely agree it's always um just like a divide and i think that will continue to hold us back if we do not like you said come together and see like the bigger picture i agree with the statement also that you made and i quote we do not win by remaining silent overlooking injustices and continuing to practice poor judgment we win by standing together, engaging in those difficult conversations and helping one another. Exactly. So are we doing enough as a culture? In my opinion, no. Tell my and I'm sure that we are the same. So you have to yeah, I, um, I, def- I definitely agree. And um, we, I definitely agree because I feel like we are it's just really it's just really sad and I think that we can do so much better because if we think about our ancestors and the ones that went before us Martha Luther King Rosa Parks and stuff like that if they if they can do it you know unafraid and unapologetic years ago whenever they were facing segregation and etc why can't we do it when we now have the rights to um, be free Exactly. So many more resources, um, so much more information, and dare I say freedom. So that is definitely a conversation that needs to continue. And I think it's time to really kick it up a notch as a culture and as a race. So um, now you do also mention that you have a strong foundation of faith in God. How did that affect your decisions related to pivotal moments of change in your professional life? So um, my faith keeps me it. keeps me grounded because I feel like if I did not have faith, then I could have easily went left or went rogue whenever certain situations were happening to me at work. Like whenever I face social right. injustice, whenever I um, heard my manager tell me you that I wasn't going to be promoted, whenever I, you know, was underpaid for the past seven years, um, be, um, being characterized as an admin being ranked with the admin knowing that I did more stuff than just an administrative assistant and I had my four-year degree um I definitely felt like there was days where I I definitely cried but those cry uh that cry and those tears that I shed were um were healing and they were refreshing and you know God really had his hands on me and I felt like if I did not um have that faith like I wouldn't be the woman I am today or I wouldn't be where I am today if that helps absolutely I am a um (laughs) I am completely always in the mindset of there is no success without God and my relationship with Christ So I completely get that. And I'm happy to hear other people, especially like my age, really um, use that as a forefront for 
uh, staying grounded and motivated and encouraged in spaces of uh, adversity, you know, personally, professionally, and et cetera. So that's awesome. Um, and writing is very impactful for both the author and the readers. Mm-hmm. How do you think your book has and will inspire others to use their voice to speak up? So a lot of people have been saying that the book has been so powerful, especially with it coming out a little bit before the whole Black Lives Matter movement. And when I say um, I give some principles in the book, like my three R's, refuel, refocus and realign, which is encouraging people to look at your situation, look at the big picture, have a holistic approach and really think of how you can be your own advocate and champion champion your voice and i think a lot of people need that right now especially um given the current climate climate that we're in with social uh, social injustice, political unrest. We have so many uh, wars that are going on in society. Um, people definitely yeah. need that glimpse of hope and they need something real and vibrant because I feel like no matter what industry you are in and what profession, we have all been in a point where we have either been pigeonholed, we have been passed over for, um, for various positions. Other people have... Um, got in jobs because of who they know and not necessarily what they know and there's (laughs) there's just so (laughs) many things that have just been going on that is just not right and I feel like you just have to call people on their stuff and you know make it known and it's not going to be known if no one puts out the truth that is so important yep speak the truth and let it be known absolutely um I just really enjoyed this conversation because it's just so relevant and it's so important. And I've just, I'm always wondering why it's not being brought up, like just being very honest about what's really going on and just getting to the matter of the real problems and issues that need to be addressed. Um, Did you have anything else that you would like to share that you feel like would be helpful for the listeners? So I definitely want to tell the listeners they could grab a copy of my book, Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, From the Pit to the Palace on Amazon. It is available in paperback for $13, so the price you would pay for for a fast food meal. And it's also available (laughs) in, in Kindle in Kindle for $2.99. And people can also connect with me by um, reaching me on Facebook, which is Genesis Amaris Kemp. So G-E-N-E-S-I-S, like the Bible, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, last name Kemp. I have a book page, which is Chocolate Drop in Corporate America. And then um, they could also email me at genesisamariskemp at gmail.com. It's me. I don't have an assistant, so I um, interact with all of my fans um, via email, as well as those who want to keep in touch with me on social media. Okay, awesome. And like I said earlier, I will definitely be grabbing a copy Um, I love to read and I love to collect books, especially good ones. So I will be checking out your book for sure. I love to support people that are doing positive things. So I'm all in. Um, Thank you so much for your time this evening. And if anybody has any feedback, comments, or questions, do email queening2020 at gmail.com on tonight's episode. 
you may also leave a voice message as usual. And thank you once again, Genesis, for joining me tonight with Quietly Queen. I appreciate all of your time and your um, input. Okay, thank you so much for having me um, on your platform. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to coming back anytime you want me to come back and, you know, read parts of the book or share more insight. Absolutely. That would be wonderful. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Quietly Queen with yours truly. Have a wonderful evening. Bye.